Hello, and welcome to Right Care Baptist. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Lancaster, internal medicine physician and chief medical information officer. And I'm Amanda Comer, the system director for advanced practice providers. And today we are honored to have Dr. Seeger Morris here to tell us a little about a little bit about uh, the residency program that he was starting in in Oxford, North Mississippi. Dr. Morris, welcome to the program. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here with you today. Can you give us just a, a little bit of your background and, and tell the audience what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, my name is Seeger Morris. I'm a uh, osteopathic physician, I'm board certified in internal medicine. Uh, I am uh, originally from a from a real small map dot town in uh, uh, outside of Austin, Texas. I did my medical school in East Tennessee, and then made my way to to Mississippi uh, to train in a uh, rural community hospital. And so, through that training, I developed a a passion for. Uh, helping to shore up the physician workforce shortage in uh, the rural South, particularly in North Mississippi. And so uh, that's how I made my way uh, to Baptist and, and to the Baptist organization. Uh, and I now serve as the division chief of Mississippi internal medicine uh, programs for Baptist. And I'm the program director of our brand new internal medicine residency program uh, here in Oxford, Mississippi. So clinically, I work in the inpatient setting as well as in the ambulatory setting uh, as part of that role. Well, Dr. Morris, we're we're certainly happy you're here at Baptist. Tell us a little bit about the internal medicine program at North Mississippi. Sure, glad you asked. Uh, well, we're really excited about our internal medicine program. You know, as as I mentioned, the uh, uh, you know, kind of the the reason for starting the program is because uh, our hospital's footprint has a primary care uh, shortage of over 60 physicians uh, in this area. And so in order to shore up that deficit, uh, you know, the best way to do that is to grow your own. And so our residency program uh, is a pretty good size for a community-based uh, IM program. We have 12 residents per year. Uh, that we accept. We brought in our first class uh, that just started July 1st of, of this year, 2021. And uh, and so we're we're really excited about that to, to have it off the ground and running. Now, I, I would imagine, you know, COVID has really kind of disrupted you know, how you bring on a new residency class and what what residency training is like. Can you tell us just a, a little bit? What was what was the interview season like with with COVID? Yeah, well, it, that's that's a, a, a moving target uh, when we think about uh, recruiting and, and interviewing and so on and so forth in, in, in this day and age. And so uh, last year, it was actually very unique for us because um, our our program wasn't uh, it hadn't received ACGME accreditation yet during the, the typical recruitment window. So we actually had to do um, a, a grassroots recruiting effort to go out and get uh, you know people to to look at our our program, kind of marketing the way you would market a business or anything else. And uh, so we hosted virtual town halls to to tour and uh, you know virtually tour our hospital and and uh, do Q, you know Q and A sessions and such and. Uh, uh, the vast majority of our interviews were done virtually last year, and so we were 
we were really, really optimistic uh, for a while there that this year we were going to be able to get back to quote normal and, and do everything in person. But it's shaken up this year to be a, to be a, another uh, hybrid year at a, at a minimum. So, uh, so yeah, the recruitment season was, was definitely, um, definitely different than, than the way it has been historically. I imagine that was pretty interesting. So tell me more about how the residents train. Is is the training all performed at North Mississippi and what do the rotations look like? Yeah, good question. Uh, we're really excited about our, our curriculum that we have here at our program. You know, the you know, internal medicine in general, you know, there's different career tracks that, that folks can pursue out of internal medicine and and the you know the the kind of general uh, uh, view of that is either you're going to be an inpatient doctor as a hospitalist, you're going to be an ambulatory doctor uh, as as an outpatient general internist, or you're going to specialize in fellowships. And and uh, you know the vast majority of of folks these days seem to either be going into inpatient uh, medicine as a hospitalist or specializing in fellowship. We've had a had a hard time uh, nationally uh, getting people to to shore up that ambulatory primary care uh, deficit from the internal medicine track, um, and I think there's a lot of different moving parts as to as to why that is. I think some of it is has to do with uh, compensation patterns, uh, and and some of it. Uh, though I think it's a product of the training. So I, I say all that to say that, that we wanted to look at our residency program as what is the void that we're trying to fill? And, and as I mentioned, the void that we're trying to fill is that you know, our community needs primary care physicians. And so in order to train folks who want to go into primary care, first we need to recruit on the basis of that, that that's what we're trying to do by our, for our program. But the second thing is we had a unique opportunity to structure a program from scratch that was really designed to do exactly that. Uh, because uh, uh, the downfall of a lot of uh, large academic center programs is that they're very inpatient heavy. And so uh, physicians just feel the most comfortable with that type of care when they graduate. So that's what they tend to, to go and do. With our program, we're a very, very balanced program in the inpatient setting and in the ambulatory setting. And one of the most innovative things that we put in place in order to accomplish that is when you're, when, when our, our resident physicians do their general internal medicine rotations, uh, they do seven days on as a hospitalist on inpatient medicine, and they follow that with five days in the clinic, and then they have two days off, and then and then repeat. And so uh, that balance provides great continuity of care for for follow ups in the outpatient setting for both the resident learner experience as well as uh, as well as the patient experience. Um, but it also provides a lot of balance in terms of true ambulatory exposure um, in a way that they can understand and, and feel competent in that setting when they graduate and say, hey, yeah, you know, I, I want to do this as, as my career. Um, and then the other thing is, is obviously just providing exposure where uh, on ambulatory only rotations, you know, they have the opportunity to see 
you know, yeah, I may actually take care of that 40 year old patient that only has hypertension um, and uh, is compliant with medications and all that, as opposed to a lot of residency programs are, are strictly exposed to more um, indigent clinics where, you know, they fill a certain void for the community. Um, but sometimes uh, just having to treat the most challenging uh, patients every day from a socioeconomic standpoint can can wear on people. And so, so we wanted to provide a real optimal experience across that spectrum. That's really great. Yeah, as an, as an internist, I can definitely attest to the spending the majority of my training days in the hospital dealing with, you know, very, very uh, sick inpatients and, and not nearly enough time on the ambulatory setting. And when I, when I did practice on the ambulatory side, it was, it was, it was a lot of times you had had to relearn how to practice medicine sometimes, um, you know, for those very reasons you described. So it, it's great to hear about y'all's innovative curriculum. Um, you know, and outside of, you know, just the, the sheer, I guess, uh, benefit of starting your program in Oxford, Mississippi, where I would imagine everybody in the world would want to live. What, what other, what other, uh, I guess, perks of your program or unique aspects would attract uh, potential residents to your program? Yeah, well, you mentioned the number one. I mean, uh, in terms of, of places to live, I was kind of like, man, if I can't pull this off in Oxford, <laughs> I'm doing the wrong thing with my life. But <laughs> um, uh, no, our our community is is a big draw. I mean, we really, um, you know, a lot of people think of of you know rural Mississippi, and and the perception is, uh, you know, kind of a uh you know a a, a culturally uh a rigid small minded kind of uh, uh you know idea uh, of way of life and and you know i think that's really sad because i don't think that's way the way rural mississippi is but but oxford in particular with the university of mississippi being here um it's a very multicultural uh uh community uh, with a high standard of living, uh, very good school system, uh, very uh, lots of you know entertainment uh, and, and so on. Um, but there's also a profound opportunity to have a significant impact on uh, community health populations here because it all of that that I just described drops off real steep at the edge of town. Uh, we butt up against the Mississippi Delta, which uh, which we all know is one of the most underserved areas in the country. Um, and uh, and so we we really have an opportunity with our residency program uh, to extend community health resources to those who who really need it most. So I think that's a big draw for some people. The other thing is uh, we're a brand new program. So people with that pioneering spirit, uh, to really come into a place and leave their mark on a program and look back 20 years down the road and say, yeah, I was a part of that. I started that community health initiative in that area and so on and so forth. Um, that's, that's a tremendous opportunity for folks as well. Um, and then the last thing I'll comment on, I, I think in, in terms of, you know, a draw for our program is we're, we're not trying to be something that we're not. We know we're not a large academic research in institution in a traditional sense. Um, so folks that want to train at a in a community setting, we want to be their program of choice. But we also have the added benefit of we do have the resources of a large uh, system uh, that is is very uh, fiscally sound. 
uh, very operationally sound and, and has the resources of that 22 hospital system uh, and years of GME experience uh, at other hospitals within the system that are backing um, our brand new program. And there's something that's, uh, that's very powerful about that. You know, I was looking online at the fellowship website and, and one of the things that's, that's mentioned is the a quality and safety focus uh, for the residency program. And I, I know you've kind of had a, a unique background into medicine. Uh, I believe you, you, you know, first got your start in, in business or you majored in business in college. I was wondering if you could kind of just give us a little bit about that, that side of your story and how that has shaped your focus for the residency program. Yeah, well, it's definitely shaped my focus in everything that I do. And, and uh, uh, I mentioned I'm a, a osteopathic physician. I'm a DO. I'm actually the 15th DO in my family. And so uh, as, as I grew up, you know, kind of some of the, the dinner conversations and, and uh, you know, it was all about system level stuff of, uh, you know, problems with the healthcare system and managed care in the 90s and so on and so forth and and so my family actually they you know they were like you need to do something else and and, and uh uh and so i did i actually got my undergraduate degree in investment finance and when i ultimately decided to to go back to school for for a more fulfilling career where i felt like i'd have a a more significant uh impact on on humanity the uh you know they my family really got completely behind me uh and but but i say that because i went through medical school and my training with a little bit with a different lens you know an eye for the system-based issues uh and and health policy uh, that, that really drove how we practice medicine and so when i was in residency training i actually had the opportunity to complete a health policy fellowship uh, and, uh, and, and that just kind of, you know, heightened that, that level of involvement. And so when I got out into, to clinical practice, I had the opportunity to, uh, serve as clinical quality officer and, uh, medical director of, of clinical documentation integrity program, uh, at my prior employer. And, and as part of that role, I had the job of integrating those programs with our residency training program that we had uh, at that location. And I saw through that experience that, that, man, we really need to be training physicians during residency and really during medical school that these are the types of things that we need to integrate. We need to understand why we're getting those coding queries. What is that going to impact in the downstream uh, effect? And, and so the, the ACGME that accredits, uh, that accredits res residency programs uh, has an initiative called the Clinical Learning Environment Review uh, or CLEAR for short. And, uh, and that really can serve as a blueprint for how to integrate uh, quality and safety curricula uh, in, into a residency program and how to ensure that that our trainees are getting hands-on uh, experience uh, within the healthcare system on uh, not only just the metric and the, and the kind of the didactic knowledge of right. those programs, but then the continuous improvement uh, processes that, that really drive change in, in system level improvement. So at Baptist, we're so fortunate to have the Baptist management system uh, that's led by Skip Stewart and, and of course our, 
um, you know, high level uh, uh, physician and, and uh, other, other clinician involvement uh, in those processes. And, and that degree of integration across the healthcare system, uh, you know, I, I just and our whole team saw as a great opportunity to really say, you know, look, we need to get our trainees, our, our resident physicians, our faculty, our, our medical students really uh, experienced with the Baptist management system from day one. So they're already, we've had about half of our trainees go through uh, CADA training already. Um, we've, we're about to launch our first uh, CADA project um, uh, already within our, our department that our trainees will be involved in. Uh, that'll actually, uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll love that uh, stems around standardizing how we roll out our EPIC environment uh, during our, our orientation. And uh, and so that's that's really a tremendous opportunity uh, for for our folks to have that integrated. No, that's a really good, great point. And and yes, I, we have another podcast connecting the dots where we talk all about uh, the Baptist management system, and we've we've discussed um, TWI job in, instructions and how at, at some of our hospitals. I'm not sure if we're doing this at North Mississippi, but it may be a great opportunity for you all of using that method to teach uh, procedures like central lines and making sure that, um, you know, they learn a single way, you know, the right way. And because um, right now it's, it's very inconsistent how a lot of places you get trained on how to do even, even something as basic as that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, you brought up the, the procedural component of it, you know, um, we're, we're not, uh, you know, we're not surgeons. This isn't a surgical residency, but there are uh, certain procedures that are inherent to uh, internal medicine training. Um, and, and actually, um, you know, some of those larger academic centers um, uh, don't get a lot of procedural exposure. But when you look at training folks to go practice in uh, rural areas to, you know, to be a hospitalist at, at a rural uh, environment, you know, procedures can be a big part of that. So, as you mentioned, you know, we have uh, excellent uh, simulation experiences here. Um, we got a grant to where we have, you know, first class uh, sim, sim lab and, and procedural mannequins. And so to lay that, uh, that TWI job instruction component over the top of that simulation equipment that we have, that's a tremendous opportunity to make sure everybody is doing that, you know, the Baptist North Mississippi IM way uh, when they're when they're learning how to do central lines, paracentesis, uh, thoracentesis, um, you know, uh, intubations, you name it. So uh, very, very good point there. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time to speak with us today and and tell the physician community about your program. Are, are there any closing comments or any um, words of advice that you want to give the rest of the group? Um, well, I'll just say that uh, one, we're we're very proud of where we are as as a program. Uh, we uh, we're fortunate to be able to to have the resources of of a large institution backing us to get this program uh, up and running uh, in in the middle of a of a pandemic. And and so our first class that that we got in, uh, you know, twelve uh, outstanding uh, residents who are very passionate, very eager to learn. Uh, uh, very, uh, you know, that that pioneering uh, mentality. And so uh, we're actively re recruiting for that second class. We're uh, in an ACGME accredited program now. 
Uh, so we're we're going to be in the typical uh, ARIS application system, uh, et cetera. And uh, so anybody out there that that is looking to be a part of a innovative, uh, new and uh, robust community based internal medicine training program in a community that uh, is highly desirable uh, in North Mississippi uh, in, in Oxford. Uh, then, then we're your we're your stop. So uh, we're we're glad to be able to to be on a uh, a podcast like this to talk about it and and spread the word. Well, yeah, this is going to go out to the whole world, so you can get applications from all over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and it's almost football season. It's a no, great no, time to recruit. No, no. Very excited. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, thanks again for joining, and, and thank you, everybody, for listening to Rikeared Baptist. Remember, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can redeem this for CME credit. Thank you so much.